Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? Uh, anyway, uh, hi guys, how are we doing today? Um, today's Monday, I mean, today's not Monday here, but today's Monday there, you listening. Or, well, no, maybe I'm listening on a different day, you could listen on Saturday. <laughs> I don't know. But, this comes out on Monday. <laughs> right? And I hope by the time this comes out, life is looking a lot more straightforward for myself. Because, mm. this week of this thing... Has been ridiculous. Mm. Trying to travel as a Nigerian is an extreme sport, <laughs> bro. Bro, so that's uh, the only way to define it. Oh, jeez. For you guys listening, if you can relate, I know. You, let me know whether you can relate in any way. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. But yeah, we hope you, you hope you guys are doing okay. Um, no preamble too much. This episode is about one topic, one concept, one particular phrase that you all be all too familiar with, regardless of your background. And that is um, unconditional love. Now, disclaimer, not disclaimer, I, I thought I'll go with a structure. Start by telling you as well on the call why, I'm, why I brought this up as a conversation. And also telling people listening why we're talking about this. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, I think the first answer reason is I want to learn from this space and atmosphere that we create, mm. that we use to debate stuff, right? And obviously, we always use the phrase of talking ourselves into meaning and stuff like that. But I would like to use this space and atmosphere to just learn through this, our intimate masculine conversation that we have, um, kind of learn whether I can love more fully how I can love more fully and perhaps and or if I need to love more fully. Mm. Now that will begin to make sense as I explain the other other disclaimers. Second point why I want to talk about this is that more things we do on the podcast which I think you guys might know already even though we may not have given it a name but one one of the things that we do on the podcast is to break down abstract complex topics in conversation and by doing that i think we are slowly building frameworks in some way frameworks for different categories of life whether it's dating whether it's meaningful life whether it's relationships with family whether it's just dealing with society and culture i think we build frameworks slowly which has always been my thinking about life frameworks um but yeah, conversation we do that we have through different topics helps us to do that. So I guess this is another way to contribute to building a framework towards love, perhaps, perhaps relationships. And I know we don't, I know we don't talk about love as, as we don't give love spotlight as much on the podcast. I don't think so. I don't think we do. Um, but maybe we're doing that now. And disclaimer I'm going to probably pull as my third point is that this also came about because no, it didn't come about because of that. It was reinvigorated because when I was thinking about this topic for myself, I began to read about things. And as I often do, I, I don't read many books. People think I read books, but I don't read many books, but I read a lot of 
short stuff. I really love articles. I read a lot of um, what you call gray literature, right? So, no, no, sorry. Ignore that. That doesn't make sense. I really love short stuff. So articles, um, short stories, uh, it could be research papers as well. It could be um, people's blogs. It could just be short, top, so short, short stuff on topics, just like triangulate different ideas, right? And one of the things I found that kind of stuck with me the most on the topic of unconditional love was this paper that I read because it gave me questions and it gave me answers. And I think I want to share them with you. Um, YouTube, you listening, and obviously everybody listening as well. And I, I want everybody to get their sense making hat on as I go through this paper, go through what I found, go through my thinking, and see what you, see what you guys think about it. Paper is called "On Love, Conditionally and Unconditionally," and by John Wellwood, and it dates all the way back to 1985, so way before I was born. Um, but it has some truths that still apply today, which is kind of how life is fundamental truths, right? Um, before I kickstart, any reactions? No, say? not really. Just that when, for me, I heard the phrase unconditional love, it's <laughs> more lit, uh, lights up my biblical brain as opposed to my, um, I guess, everyday experience kind of brain. Just yeah. th- those two words together, unconditional love in that sense. Um, but I feel like if I then peel beyond the surface, I can see how it applies to certain things that I do or certain vibes that I have, which we'll probably explore a bit deeper. But first reaction, particularly even when you sent it to me, when you sent unconditional love, I'm like, oh yeah, the love Jesus has for me, yes. Um, <laughs> um, never, and then maybe I'll not start thinking about it, like, oh, can I do that for somebody else? And do I expect someone to do that for me or have that feeling towards me? And what does that mean? So yeah. Perfect. So what you just said now is one of the beautiful reasons why I thought this was a very good, good conversation because while you're very right in that, the phrase is often used or often clicks our head from the biblical term for those who might be Christian. And for those who are not Christian, you've probably heard about it through Christian's gospel mm. as well. Or you can, you can also hear the phrase from the lens of philosophy or psychology or just everyday um, social media pop culture buzz right but for those who are christian it's a very very biblical um phrase because obviously it preaches the fundamental gospel mm. but aside that i think why i want to talk about it as well is because a lot of what everyone preaches to be the most um fundamental most aspirational ideal of romance perhaps not romance perhaps something more stro- something stronger perhaps i'll say um partnership marriage mm. is the idea of unconditional love right it's okay. probably in vows probably love wedding vows right it's probably in a uh, mm. lot of um books about love and marriage whatever it's probably in what your pastor preaches you should have with your wife or your husband <laughs> right but also i think at the heart at the very heart of our experience as human beings we all have this intuitive sense of the value of unconditional love, right? And we discover, we get this kind of joy when we can love without reservation. I don't know about you, um, but there's kind of joy that comes when you can love without reservation, when you can remove all judgments and you open yourself fully Mm. to the 
open yourself fully to the real life of the reality of somebody else. Right. And we also kind of feel most love when people recognize and respond to us with all their heart. Right? Yeah. Now, I must come here and say, a lot of things I'm saying now are very much influenced by this thing I read because I read this thing at least twice. And you didn't right, share it so, with me. What? But you didn't share it with me. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, but perhaps that was, that, was, that was also a tactic to... Not influence. Not influence how you're going to think about it. I'll share after, but not okay. before. Um, but yeah, I think we also often experience you know, glimpses of this unconditional love in... As in, if it's, if it's very vivid, it's usually beginnings and endings. So like, as people would say, you know, at when, when you give out to a baby boy or a baby girl, you see movies say that, oh, you know, as soon as I gave birth to my, my daughter, I knew that ugh, I loved her with everything I've got, mm. right? And at ending at death, right? People mourn and grieve and then it becomes real that... They love the person unconditionally. Love the person, right? And... Is that this time it's like we feel most moved, we feel moved, we feel inspired, we feel something takes over us by the presence of somebody else's existence, right? This is when this un- unconditional love manifests, right? Now, when we then take it back to intimate relationships, right? Mere mortals, people like us, we come up against things that we face. We face a lot of inner fears, we face a lot of restraint, caution mm. about letting our love flow freely right some things you might ask yourself in these positions well that i have asked myself in these positions very very regularly across my 20 years life 10 20 years plus of living is oh would i get hurt right can i trust this person can i trust this person you know would this person relationship my relationship with this person meets my needs what are my needs you know and we begin to have these cautions that lead us to a place of placing conditions on our openness. Where it's like, I can only be vulnerable and open with you if, if XXX. And XXX tends to be if I get my needs met. If you love me as much as I love you, which is why people get annoyed when you say I love you and, nobody's, and they don't say it back. <laughs> right if you don't hurt me no I'm, I'm going to end here in a second but I guess my point is what I've just said now I said that the conditional love aspect of things mm. that we have in, in relationships that are intimate that's quite normal but there is definitely that pull between the conditional and the unconditional and I'll call this pull attention and the tension between these two sides is kind of one that I think is hard to unravel just by thinking it is normal to unravel it. It feels to me like you have to unravel this tension between conditional and, con- and unconditional by sitting down to break it down. Not by assuming that the one will automatically be unconditional and the one who is not the one will be conditional or some other kind of way mm. right and I'll, I'll end by saying I think this, this tension as well probably between conditional love and unconditional love if you can if you can work with it properly I think 
this is what probably helps, if you can understand it rather, this probably helps us love more fully. So I think this is what everyone wants to do in the end. Love more fully. Or maybe that's not what everybody wants to do. Maybe that's what everybody doesn't do, but they want to be loved. But anyway, before we get into that, that is my preamble as inspired by this. Now, my next point I'm going to want us to do is to actually define what, what, what unconditional love actually means according to obviously the internet. But given what I've just said and that preamble, let me give you a chance to talk so that my voice is not dominating in the first few minutes. Mm. Um, I'll say this is, uh, there's not a lot much to add to that in that sense because um, like I said, for me, thinking about unconditional love, let's, let's remove the unconditional side of like tag on it first and just thinking about love in general. Um, for me, whenever I think about love, I've always mostly thought about it in terms of a choice, right? I am choosing to, like, I, I've always struggled to think of love as just pure emotion like you know so because if, if you think of if you think about love as just emotion and then we mm. now tag on the unconditional on top of it so are you saying love equals unconditional positive feel good emotion do you get and that definitely doesn't make sense unconditional love then puts something into it that introduces choice which is what i've always believed in that when it comes to love it's a matter of what you're choosing to do and what you're choosing to consider or not consider in reaching that that decision. I don't know if you yeah, does that okay. make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, it does make yeah. sense. I'm listening. Exactly. So for me, I've always approached the love conversation in a bit of a very practical way. Right. So when I hear unconditional love, for me it's like I'm like, how what does that exactly mean? Because for me, how I'll define unconditional love, if we're going to dive into definitions, is that despite or in the presence or in the full knowledge of imperfection or things that don't feel optimal or right to me or 100% great for me, I still choose to love you, right? That's what I would define as unconditional love, right? Where it's like in the midst of all this evidence where naturally you'd say this should be a reason for me to pull away my affection and whatever and attention and all of this on you. I'm choosing to not do that because the reason I love you or the reason I'm choosing to love you is not because of things that you've done for me or anything that you are. It's the fact that I've chosen that this is the, this is the um, entity that I want to put that affection on. So for me, that's how I see love and, okay. and unconditional love. So let us, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think we'll come back to that in some sort or the other Um because some things you said ring true. Some things also ring more questions. Yeah. So I asked ChatGPT to define unconditional love based on general consensus of what internet says unconditional love is. And the she said, I don't know what ChatGPT's <laughs> gen- gender is. but They said. <laughs> it said. <laughs> it said that um, unconditional love is a type of love that is not based on conditions. Shocker. <laughs> Or requirements, full stop. It is the form, it's a form of love that is offered freely without expectations or demands. Mm. And it's not dependent on the behavior, actions, or qualities of the recipients. Mm. Second bullet point. Unconditional love 
is often described as selfless and all-encompassing, characterized by a deep and abiding affection that persists even in the face of flaws, mistakes, circumstances, or difficult circumstances. Mm. This type of love is often associated with familiar relationships, mm. such as love between a parent and child or between siblings, as well as spiritual or religious beliefs, hence what we said earlier. Mm-hmm. Third bullet point. Unconditional love is, can be contrasted with conditional love, which is characterized, characterized by love that is given only if certain conditions or expectations are met. Final bullet point. Overall, unconditional love is considered to be a deeply compassionate and empathetic form of love that is a fundamental aspect of human connection and emotional well-being. Full stop. Yeah. Now, that is an answer that I'll probably give if I was in a spelling bee, right? Because it just <laughs> makes sense. Mm. Right? It just makes sense. But I thought maybe instead of us starting from the complex question of unconditional, let's start from conditional love. Mm. Right? But before we do that, it's funny I always do this thing where I say, let's start from this and I say, before we do that, 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 I want to say a quote to you and let me know what you think about this quote. And yeah. the quote says, love in its deepest, love in its deepest essence knows nothing of conditions and is quite unreasonable. Mm. I'll say it again. Yeah. Love in its deepest essence knows nothing of conditions and is quite unreasonable. Yeah. Now in that in that quote, two things strike me. One is deepest essence. Mm-hmm. Right. So that means they're saying that people can say what love is, but love in its deepest essence, in the true fundamental functionality and meaning. Yeah. Knows no conditions. Yeah. Right. So real love knows no, nothing of conditions. Yeah. And real love is quite unreasonable. Now, what I think about this, and you let me know what you think about it, is unreasonable often means like, you no, know, unreasonable probably, what they're trying to say there is one cannot articulate their way into explaining why someone's love. Can be should be unconditional. If someone is expressing unconditional love in whatever way, whether it's an, I'm not going to go, I'm going to do that now. But I guess the unreasonable part probably explains the idea that you cannot rationalize your way into explaining why one's love is is unconditional, perhaps, or maybe it's that it is also a subjective thing that from from somebody else looking outside in they can't explain it or they can't extract the logic behind the love being unconditional on paper. Yeah. I think it's more the second one um, that from the outside looking in, if you're not on the receiving end of that love, it's hard to explain and see sort of like why and what's motivating it. But the other thing I was going to say when you read the quote is that thinking about the phrase unconditional, uh, thinking about the phrase conditional love, it feels like a misnomer because once it's conditional, it's not love, is what I would say, right? I feel a lot of people conflate this feel good, um, I like the way you make me feel, and all of these things as love. And that's why I said at the start for me, love is always going to be a choice. And then if you're choosing to love, you're already choosing to ignore conditions. So if you then say conditional love, that's not love. The issue, with that, the issue with that statement is, when you say love is a choice, right? Yeah. You almost put, love 
on a non-continuum space? As in? Where does the choice begin? Or, or is the choice just... Okay, how do, how do I say it? When you say, when you say love is a choice, I assume two things possible. One is the love, the love starts in some way and then for you to keep growing or for you to keep staying alive, there's choices. Versus for the love to start, I'm making a choice. I don't, that's the thing. I feel like l- that, that description only works if love is an end point. Do you get? If there's a destination we want to get to and that destination is called love. And so... Isn't it a milestone instead? It's not. The, yeah, like, milestone is still like, like an end point, right? It's like you cross a thing, you cross a point. So I, for me, I think, the way I, I think of love, it's, it's that it's not like... It's, it expresses itself in other things. Like you don't, you don't see love. You see the things that love causes you to do. Do you get? And then, no, 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 wait, hold on. We're going to, uh, that is going off track a little, a little bit. We're going to talk about how love looks like. That's ah. a different, we're, we're going to, we're going to talk about something different, right? Okay. And, and this, is why, this is why people's arguments can go on and on because they forget what the topic is exactly. But we're getting somewhere. So let's, let me dive into conditional love a little bit and then maybe this can kickstart some of your points back to base. Disclaimer that I still don't agree conditional love is a thing, but carry on. So, <laughs> even, though, even though we're not just pure-hearted people, right? We, we also have, like, we have conditioned likes and dislikes, right? You do, I do, everyone listening does, right? And that, and that just means that certain conditions will just determine the extent of which we involve ourselves with somebody else because we already have conditioned likes and dislikes. Again, this is, this is what, what I learned from this, from this paper. Does that make sense? Give an example. So insofar as we are not just pure-hearted people, we also have conditioned likes and dislikes. It's just that, okay, maybe, let me... Let me um, expand a little bit. Maybe that would help. As soon as you consider the, the kind of relationship you want with somebody, we're already in a space of conditions because we live on, we live on this earth, right? And we exist in certain structures, shapes, forms. I don't mean shapes by body shape. I mean shapes of the world, mm. well, which can include body, but not just physical, but social shapes, forms. There's already some structure because we're on this earth, mm-hmm. right? So your temperament, personality characteristics, your emotional needs, what you like, your pet peeves, your aches, your sexual preferences, ways of communicating, lifestyle, beliefs, values. Mm. This is our structures, bro, right? Mm-hmm. And this will fit more or less with somebody else's structures. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, because, because of these structures, we're already in the realm of conditions. Mm-hmm. As soon as we form a relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, are, we, are we aligned on that first fight? Go on. Yes, in the context of relationships outside of family. Yes, yes. Carry on. Yes, yes. We're aligned? Yes. So again, for anybody listening, the, what we're aligning on now is that 
because we are on this earth that exists in certain forms and structures that we've listed out mm-hmm. that fit more or less with somebody else's structures, we're automatically already in the realm of conditions on the earth. Mm-hmm. If you want to form a relationship with somebody. Yeah. Okay. Now, point number two on this from what I learned is conditional love is then a feeling of pleasure, which is what you're saying earlier, an attraction that is based on how fully you, me, somebody else matches that person's desire, that person's mm. needs, yeah. that person's personal consideration, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's a response to the person's looks, style, personality, excuse me, personality, emotion, support for whatever. It's a response. Yeah. Right. Now it is not bad, but according to John, it's a lesser form of love. I would argue that it's not even love. Fres? And it says, it, says, it says it's a lesser form of love because it can be negated. It can be negated. Is that a word? It can be taken away. You can just break it down. Like it can disappear or it can be affected by. Yes. It can disappear based on the reversal of the conditions. Yeah. That which, under which it was formed. It was produced. Yes. Right. Yeah. So of course, if somebody starts acting in a way which you don't like. You love this. Simple. Yeah. Unlike them as much anymore. Yeah. Right. Now, conditional liking or love would eventually give way to opposite feelings of fear, anger, resistance, um, anxiety, possibly. When our structures, when those things we listed out, start to rub up against somebody else's structures. Mm. Now, here's a quote that John then says that I liked absolutely. He then says, despite this, right, both conditional yes and conditional no lies in the larger unconditional yes of the, of the heart. Please explain. Okay, good. So, his message in, in, I think what his message is, which I'm kind of building slowly up to, slowly, so that, we're, so that, so that we are lining slowly and so that you can get where I'm going. But his message is, is kind of targeting the individual and what they do with their hearts for themselves, for wanting to uncover the idea of unconditional love. First. Mm-hmm. And it says that it's hard to uncover that because we often confuse the two orders of love. Conditional and unconditional. Okay. They're often confused. Right. Now, you should explain that sentence. I'll explain that in a second. But before I said that sentence, do you, do you, are, you are we aligned? Yeah, to an extent, I think just because of the thing I said, where for anything that is not unconditional love, for me, I wouldn't necessarily use the word. I feel this is a failure of English language sometimes where, you know, we only have one word to describe something that has so many expressions. I know I'm going a bit slightly off point, but... No, 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 go on. Yeah. If you think about Greek, for example, when the word love in Greek has like three or four expressions, there's eros, there's philios, there's um, agape, right? And... Each of those things represents something very different. But in English language, everything comes together and then you then just see, you just see it as love, right? And then you now feel the need that when I say this word, it needs to mean the same thing in every context that I mention it and carry the same weight. But in reality, that's not the case, right? So that's why for me, I would say we're aligned, but semantically, I feel like there's definitely a lot of whatever in between. 
Interesting. So your point is that if it's conditional, then it's not love. Yeah. So that means that you are almost saying the equivalent of all love is unconditional. Pretty much. I don't true love. Not all love. True love. <laughs> true love. And not true love in the Disney sense of the word, but love in its purest form is unconditional. It's not be, like unconditional to the point that not that there's nothing that comes into it to then cause it to happen but is that nothing that is like the person that you're giving it to did not do anything for you to choose to love the person right so it's not based on their structures that fit into your structure maybe in a subtle way it might be but is that even if those structures are removed that feeling you have towards them would not change and for me that takes like there's something else that might that was there be power in that <laughs> yeah know. but I yeah. think where you're missing or where I think you're missing yeah. the target a little bit here is that it doesn't all start again we're speaking about relationships in our in our mere mortal world. Yeah. Nothing nothing higher than than us humans, mere mortal world. It doesn't start at the end. It doesn't start at a deep sense of love when you meet somebody, does it? So, so there's someone that comes before. Yeah. So wait, my point then is like, if you're saying true love is unconditional and is and unconditional love is not love, at what point do you achieve? At what point in that journey with somebody is love is true love then reflected? I don't that and that's and where that, and, yeah. and are you saying that? Sorry, yeah, let me finish, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. Um, are you saying that anything before true love is not love? It's just another kind of thing that we haven't defined yet. In a way, I'm saying anything before, because and this is why the thing you said at the start of, um, when when you define unconditional and the person says something about it doesn't make logical sense, is that it's not there's it's not like you be able to point at a specific point where you started to love this person or started to in this, in the way I'm putting it, but is that anything prior to that point where conditions don't matter? For me, it's not it's not bad, but I don't think it's fair to call it love. Is what I would say. We can say love in the social sense of it, like I love you, and maybe what that means is it can mean different things. You get where that's when we then talk about agape filios and eros and things like that. Because I can say I love you, and what it just means is that I love the physical essence of you and all of those things. But I'm saying if we're going to be very detailed and this thing that we're talking about, love and the things that it makes you do and causes you to want and things like that, if we're going to talk of it mm. in that sense, then anything prior to the point where it's not attached to conditions, isn't necessarily the full form, you know, thing of love. I almost don't think about it as when a baby is born, like that's a human yeah. being. Like, I'm going to yeah. call it a human being, but in the true sense of what a human represents, is that baby truly human? Mm. <laughs> I, I, You're doing this if, thing where you bring, bring, bring <laughs> analogies that, that fail in that multiple seem points. like they, yeah. they, 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 they rhyme, which they do rhyme, but... <laughs> It's not, it's not. Why, why is it not? Like, I'm, I'm not saying a hundred percent, but I'm just saying the idea of the fact that, yes, a baby is a human being, like, and let's say the baby is love in this case, right? But, you know, the full, like, the full scope of it, it's like, would you, like, would you put a baby under certain conditions and when, when it fails that condition, you then say it's no longer a human? Not necessarily, it just hasn't fully developed yet. 
I can't answer, I can't answer I can't that answer question, the question because yeah. it requires <laughs> me to think more about it, about properties of a baby versus properties of love. And I can't do that on this call. <laughs> Anyways, um, I feel like you, you, you're you setting the bar too high for the illustration to work, but I, I, I see what you mean. But the, the idea, okay. yeah. Let's try and meet, let's, let's push forward just to see whether we can converge. Let's see. Because I think we can. Um, so I ended by saying that John's point was that we confused the order of two orders of love, which, which kind of what is what you're saying as well. Mm-hmm. And perhaps I should start by saying that, you know, attraction, well, I should start by re, 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 reiterating. reiterating his words, is that attraction towards somebody else is often very intense when the two orders of love are aligned, are in accord, are incongruent. So when you say two right? orders of love... So the order of love, I mean like conditional and unconditional. Okay, so when unconditional and unconditional meet? Yes. That's when attraction is most intense. Okay. What does that mean? Well, this is when the person touches your heart. Yeah. Right? But also fulfills certain conditions for oh, what we physical. want in an okay. intimate partner. Okay, okay. Fair, fair, fair. So, fair, so, so fair. you have your criteria for a woman. Mm-hmm. I have mine, I guess. And people have theirs. And when that criteria meets? And this meets, is saying... Yeah. Because there are conditions, which we all do because we agree that we have our conditions because we exist in, the, in this earth of structures. Yes. Yes. But the unconditional doesn't make sense. And it's when love touches the heart. Yeah. Right. So you're saying that when these two are in accord, mm-hmm. this is when you have true intense attraction. Okay. Attraction could be something else that it means there. Probably I'm just, but that's the word he chose. Yeah. And I won't keep his word there. Okay. Now, on the other hand, I think. Where this then maybe mismatch is when confusion arises when these two orders are not aligned and in accord, right? Quick question. Go so, um, or just, just, you know, quick points here is that, so when there's, when there's unconditional, but there's no conditional, isn't that still love? And when, because I feel like, you know, it, it's one, actually, let's look at the equation. So the guy is saying when conditional meets unconditional, it's true love, right? So when there's one of those halves, what, what does it then mean? So when there's... Exactly. Uh-huh. So maybe somebody misses our conditions. Yeah. But yeah, they don't move us deeply. And I think I've seen that before in my life. For sure. That happens every time with people, right? Like you right. see someone pretty, all of that. Uh-huh. Exactly. Funny. Exactly. No, but, no, no, not even superficial, but even like someone can meet very, very good conditions. Yeah, very, yeah, Very, very yeah. value, conditions of personality, whatever. Yeah. But just don't move you deeply. Like, I have met that person. Yeah. But just something was just... Missing. Missing. I'll define, right. yeah. Uh, that missing piece could be... I know that missing piece is something that people people get lazy about to think about and just use that, or oh, something was missing yeah. as, as a lazy escape. No, no. I, so, but I promise you that I, that's not what I mean. I know, but I'm also just saying that sometimes the missing piece is time. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, sometimes time, you know turns what feels missing into that complete picture. But at the moment at which you're thinking about it, it feels it's missing. That's what I wanted to say. I, I, can't, I can't argue against that. Exactly. Right? Uh, so you might be right. Yeah. As an example. Yeah. The other example is, someone can touch our heart to the point where we want to say yes. But they don't meet physical but our personal considerations, our personal criteria just lead us to say no to a, to a committed relationship. So wait. And, and I know you've experienced this. Yes. So now the question, so that this is where my question comes in. Like, what do we call both of those things? The first one, where the person meets our physical conditions, but doesn't touch our heart. What is that? 
and then the person touches our heart but doesn't meet the physical condition, what do we call that? Is that what it's best? Let's say physical conditions because physical condition implies that we're talking about the body type and stuff. Yeah, no, okay. Just physical. So, le- so for anybody who's lost track by conditions, we're referring to, <laughs> I just want to say, that, no, yeah. I'll talk about this. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Please, how many, how many, how many? Body, temperament, personality, characteristics, values, beliefs, lifestyle, yeah. communication types, emotional needs, yeah. likes, dislikes, whatever. Exactly. All of that. Yeah. That's what I mean by physical, which just means on this, on what, what you can sense pretty much. Yeah. All right. So, Back to my question. So when, and question for the audience as well. Um, that's why the comment section is there. When it is, when the person meets those attributes, all the personality traits, when it matches, but you don't feel it, as we've said, deep down, doesn't touch your heart. That's the phrase we're using to describe the unconditional bit. What is that, right? And then on the flip end, when it touches your heart, but doesn't touch the other senses, what is that? Because my, my argument- I think both are yeah, love. <laughs> right and which I think one? this which is perhaps love? I no, I think you can have conditional and you can have unconditional right mm. and the difference that we've kind of already established here is one feels ex- existential one is attached to conditions that we met or we, we've grown up to have yeah right and we've not spoken about what the goal we should have is yet because we have not gotten to the point where, where we've made enough sense of this yet. But, but I know we will. Maybe not this episode, maybe next episode, but I know we will. So I, I'm going to, I want to answer the question. Like if I was going okay. to, if you asked me, I would yep. say when it meets, well, when it touches all the senses and whatnot, but doesn't touch the physical thing, I would just call that attraction. Right. Do, really? It feels, yeah. I'll just call it attraction. You're attracted to the person because I, th- it, and I, and I thought you call attraction the, the other, the other no, aspect where no. they meet your conditions but they don't move you deeply. No, if they meet your conditions and they don't move you, like, no, no, no. Move you, that's what I'm saying. I say meet your conditions but don't, meet you, don't, move, don't move you deeply. That's attraction. That's what I'm calling attraction. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, that wasn't, okay. Okay, yeah. huh, so, yeah, huh. so meet your conditions but don't move you deeply. Attraction. Move you deeply but don't that it doesn't meet your conditions. I feel like I don't know what I'll call that. That, that like for me, that's it. I guess we're physical, like because we're we're very sensory people, right? If we if we say the unconditional bits is doesn't involve the senses, which I don't think is true. It's just how we chose to talk about it on this episode because we'll, we'll get there. Okay, we'll get let's there. let's move forward. Let, let's move you forward. You will there. get there because because yeah. what you said right now is a very important point. I can't remember how you just said it, boys. It's a very important point. I felt the way you said it, so we get yeah. there. So, there's, in line with what you're saying, there's actually two ways of confusing the two others of love. Okay. So one, one common way of confusing the two, other, two others of love is by trying to impose our conditioned no, right? So when, so, so when they fail our conditions, mm-hmm. on the larger yes of the heart. Essentially, case one, where So for example, feels, yeah. perhaps maybe I want to end the relationship because it's impossible to get certain needs, certain essential needs met. Mm-hmm. Right. But my heart, nonetheless, is saying, 
And my heart's nature by default is to say yes. My heart may want to keep right, keep right and loving the same person. Loving the, loving the person the same. Yeah. Well, because of the conditions you then impose and make yourself say no. No. One way of confusing two others of love, uh-huh. right? So there's two possible ways. Okay. One way is by imposing your conditions that have not been met on the larger yes of the heart. Okay, and what's the other one? So again, I, I'll, give, I'll give an example. That makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and in this case, it's like you're trying to cut off love that is still flowing to the other person. Because they don't make yeah. But it can do us damage because we then kind of limit the very source of the joy and love inside us anyway. Mm, because of the but the other way, which you've already asked for, I think, is trying to impose, again, flipping it. Yeah. The yes of the heart. On just on the, the no uh, okay. of our personal considerations. So it is when you feel deeply for somebody but they don't meet and your you kind things. of... The person doesn't meet your, your condition, yes, but right. you kind of impose all of that deep feelings on all your on all your conditions. So, and in this in this way, you, you kind of imagine that we should tolerate unconditionally, yeah, that which is conditioned. So, in this one, I actually think this second scenario, although you've it's been tried, you've it's been painted with a bit of a negative tint which is what we're doing to both those things. I think the second one in reality is love. That is what I would call love. So what, like, what this person is saying is a, the two ways we can conflate. I don't, ca- I don't count the second one as a conflation or a confusion. But let's carry on. Tell me why. Why? Because the things that if you... Obviously, I'm not saying it's the healthiest. I'm not trying to say is is right or wrong i'm just trying to say that like if you're saying you want to impose a deep feeling on some transitory things that don't align with you the fact that those things are transitory means that i would rather no, no, no. transitory is something that's something that you've you've introduced now Tra- no, but, transitory but, means that it's my past no i'm not saying it, okay let me re- change the word things okay. that Things that can possibly change, not just change for the good, but change for the worse as well. That's what I'm saying. But I, but I thought we agreed that we have personal conditions. Yes, but I'm saying, uh-huh, but what I'm saying that that's why I said for me, true love, it will still be on this one because I think the way I think of that's why I said at the start that for me, I think of love as a choice because it then means that whatever is at the end of it, as long as that thing is not a, is not how I put it, a foundational. I don't know how the words you use for it, but this thing that we said about matching, like, I feel like in, in one aspect, we can match, wait, let's think about personalities. Nobody okay. is the same personality all through their lives. Less, some things might be dominant, but some things will shift and change. So are you then saying that if, if like, there's only perfect alignment when sort of like at each point in time, even if both of you are changing, you guys are still merging together. I don't think that ever happens because there's scenarios where, so let, let's take love, love languages, for example. At first for me, um, physical touch was a lot more important than quality time, right? But then over the years, I've grown to um, rank quality time a lot more. Now, I'm not I'm trivializing it and making a simplistic example here. What if the person that loved me or whatever chose to love me 
one of their conditions was that the person must value, um, you know, physical touch above all else. But then I've now become this person where physical touch doesn't rank as highly for me. What then that? What does that then do to the person's choice? Is what I'm saying. So you're speaking about what is the role of love from an evolving person? I mean, yeah. towards an evolving person, given that people grow and exactly and right. this and, and this and this elements and, in wait and, and that's yeah. a different question I, I believe i don't think it's different because you're saying okay it, why i don't think it's different is because we're saying that the the conditional love is based on preferences and the people matching but what what exactly are we matching we're matching things that are not necessarily permanent is what i'm saying that's why i use the word transitory right do you get what i mean yeah but some things are like like what what is permanent so yeah, so you, yes, you're right in saying something on the permanent in terms of how the conditions will shape because the conditions are also shaped by the earth and the earth changes, right? Your world okay. changes, uh-huh. your world changes. What's something that doesn't change? That's the example I'm looking for now. I don't know if you can find one. I, maybe, do, do values change that much? Maybe values change? Well, yeah, um, values do change. Styles start, of communication. communication. That also changes, that also changes as well. Because okay, it, then yeah, okay, yeah, because maybe your style of communication, like again, we're just saying ifs and buts here, but maybe your style of communication was based on you not dealing with some trauma and then you grow as an adult and you deal with that trauma and your style of communication becomes a lot more healthy. What then happens? Like, I'm saying obviously it's a weird scenario because maybe the, ne- the style of communication was negative, you wouldn't have loved the person in the first place. But let's imagine a world where that happens. Do you get yeah, uh huh? So, so, you, so, you, are you saying that? And I, and I don't put words into your mouth, but yes. are you saying that when one unconditionally tolerates that which is that, that which is conditioned? So when one tolerates unconditionally, pause. So can you use a different word from tolerate because that already carries a notion? Do you get? Fair enough. Yes, I was leading the witness. <laughs> this began by me saying that. One way we confuse the orders of love is yes. trying to impose the yes, yes of the heart on the conditions of on the no of our personal con- considerations. Yes, uh-huh. but again, this is saying our personal con- considerations, right? Yeah, and this is and and this is saying, yeah. Okay, now you I've see. found out. Uh-huh. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Yeah, Don't get excited. Okay, okay. <laughs> I found out. I found out where I missed my argument with you. Okay. Because this, this question is about starting point and building, not about one's evolution into 10 years' time. I've, isn't that a small, isn't that too small a Okay, a I take point. that back. Maybe that's too yeah. small. Yeah. Okay, because, hold on, hold on, hold okay. on, hold on, hold yes. on, hold on. Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Hold on. I'm here for you. I didn't think about this a little bit. Yeah, no, I think. But I think in the end, right, love is unconditional. It doesn't mean having to like what we in fact dislike, or saying yes when we, saying yes when we to say no. Yeah, which I think is what this second or this second way of confusing is trying to say. Okay, is that sometimes because you feel deeply about someone so much, you ignore you like what you, what you in fact dislike. Yeah, and you say yes when you want to say no when you need to say no. Okay, now I see why I from. I, I can tell why I am interpreting it differently in, why is that? in not this sense. And that's because I'm, the biblical side of me is kicking in as well. In the sense that 
for God to love, let's use the for God to love the world thing. Like it's not that everything we were doing was right. And then because of that, he died for us, right? Like the death and why Jesus came to die was because even in our state of, let's say the, the things that are, the, the attributes that he likes, even in our yep. state of us being on the opposite side of that, he still chose to show us that love. So that's what I'm saying. And it's, it's not saying it because, uh, it didn't do it because, oh yeah, even with that, I would then love them and then that's it and they can continue whatever they are doing. There's still that journey and that, the fact is that is that thing, because it's not permanent, what, what was permanent that could stop the relationship was sin. And once that was taken out, the effects of it were, the idea is for it to gradually wear off as you come to a better knowledge of that love. I know I've gotten a bit scriptural with that, but let's bring it back into this thing. I'm saying that you choosing to love someone and ignoring your personal structure, I don't think it's, that's why when I didn't want you to use the word tolerate. You're not doing it because it's always going to be there. But you're also not, it's weird because you're not also doing it because you want the person to change. Because even if the person doesn't change, that doesn't change the fact that you love them. That might change what the relationship ultimately becomes. But just because the relationship doesn't become something else or grow into more, doesn't mean love wasn't there. Is what me I'm trying to say by saying, even if you impose this, you know, yes of the heart on the no of some physical whatever, for mm. me, I would still call that love. And for me, that is what love is. Okay. So I think I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. A little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I suspect there is a convergence with Let's find where I was going to. Okay. But perhaps from a different angle, because I started. I think I started by mentioning that one of one of the key messages from this, from what I learned, was about openness of the heart, mm. which perhaps is what you're referring to in biblical biblical terms, mm. in a way, yeah. as whereby you may not like something, but because your heart is open. Mm, it allows you you, yeah. you give mm. love for it mm. so before i get to that ending let me try and backtrack <laughs> again and perhaps see how i can arrive there with much more coherent sense so one of the arguments as well is that um, um, unconditional love is something that arises from and responds to an entirely different place in people than where you get conditional like and dislike. Mm. Right? So what that just means is the origin of where you have your conditional likes and dislikes is not the from... same origin as where unconditional love comes from. Question. Yep. Is this based on empirical data or just sense making? I think both. I think both. Mm. I think both. Good question. I yeah. think both. So guys, the reason why I ask this question is because even for for like physical responses, for responses to things, emotional responses to things, sometimes scientists and biologists or whatnot track the levels that are going on inside your body and whatnot to that correlates to some of these changes. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that would be in a different field of like neurology yeah. and stuff. What um, field are we focused on here now? This is just psychology. We're focused on philosophy and psychology. Okay, cool. Right, cool. That, cool. that's what we're, that's what we're, we're talking about. Yeah, carry on, carry on. And you know, it's also funny because they, they also mentioned that the, the unconditional love having different origins from conditional likes and dislikes. Mm. It's an expression that 
itself is like it how do I put it? When you, when you express it, the expression itself is also unconditional. Okay. Because like it does not involve like loving in the narrow sense of nice sentiments or, or desire sentiments or like words of affirmation, whatever. But it's like you have this unconditional openness. It's a sense of connection that can be characterized by letting things be mm-hmm. and being with things at the same time. Yeah. And I'll, and, I'll, and, I'll end the, and I'll end this point here by saying it is the goodness of the human heart that when we are born, it's very tender, responsive, and very eager to reach out to life around us. Mm. That is unconditional. So the goodness of our heart is what's unconditional. And that's not something that we have to achieve. It's just there by default. Theologians will argue differently, but I get your point. Do you get what I mean? You can um, interject now. Yeah, yeah. No, so the reason I say theologians will argue differently is that obviously this assumption is that everyone comes in with the purest of and goodness of hearts and, you know, we're all born with that. Well, obviously theologians will argue that we're born with evil quotes in our hearts and that says like you don't teach a baby the bad things they kind of like just respond to that so that's why i'm just trying to nitpick but i get the sense of what they're saying that because yeah no yeah. so i wouldn't say that the, the goodness of the heart suggests that all of your heart is good more like, okay i think you're saying the capacity of the heart to be good it, it comes naturally or like it is there. Okay. It is yeah. yes, exactly. The capacity. Okay. And capacity maybe capacity to... is, is not is, is, is not the world word because it suggests that that there's there's a way to that you, that one has to have a way to achieve it. No, no, no. More, more like a phone. Like like the phone when the phone comes, it can receive a call, right? If you decide to put a SIM card inside or whatnot, it's kind of like up to you, but it can receive the call. Like exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Now, when I then thought about this. Um, like when I when I when I was reading this and I was reflecting on it, I thought one of the reasons why I've probably struggled in relationships that I've probably even in quotes loved is because even though you think your heart is good, you don't trust your heart. You don't trust the goodness in your heart mm. because you just think the goodness is a dumb son of a bee. <laughs> interesting does that make sense it does and why i'm saying interesting is i've not really felt that way like let me let me let me um let, let me dive deeper and maybe give an example so yeah obviously john says that um, um unconditional love is naturally available to everyone particularly mm. in the early phases of relationship mm-hmm. right but if you but if you then think about it, well, if I if I, if I, if I, if I was thinking about it, that is very true. But whenever I began to get obscure, it becomes obscured when I began to see my struggles to communicate or our struggles to communicate as a couple. I began to see to, to think about whether we meet, meet each other's needs. Yeah, I began to think about oh, and how can I create a working partnership relationship yeah. with this person. And then that unconditional love is then getting buried in all those thoughts. 
Mm. And, and, and also gets buried in me worrying about everyday life, work yeah. demands. Yeah. And I guess the point then is then saying, while these things come up and make you bury the unconditional love you have in your heart, how can you stay in touch with bringing up that presence of unconditional love in an ongoing relationship when there are things that will seek to bury it down? Yeah. I think that's what goes back to where I'm hearing it. It just goes back to the, the choice thing, right? Where at the end of the day, it comes to deliberately choosing to let your actions be born out of that unconditional thing that you feel. And like, it's not, I'm not saying this because it's like the most straightforward thing. Like we're surrounded by physical. And when I say physical, we're surrounded by things that appeal to our senses and if things are logically not feeling right with your senses, it's a tall... Yeah, but bro, like, do you... Yeah. I agree with you, but I think, I, I, I think we're skipping two steps ahead or one step ahead. Even if you are making a choice, are you saying that, that you, you doing that choice is you trusting in the unconditioned love? And if you are... If you are, how are you doing it? Because the choice are the actions, right? Or the thoughts. But how are, before those choices and those, before those choices of actions, it means that you have to trust in the fact that that unconditional, unconditional love is unconditioned. When, when obscurities arise, obscurities from communication problems, obscurities from everyday life, from work, and you say, no matter what, I'm, I'm going to bring back to the surface my unconditional love. That's your choice there. Mm-hmm. But you have to trust in that unconditioned in the first place to yeah. want to bring it back. Yeah. And trusting it is hard when those, those obscurities begin to seem like this, should, this, should, this is becoming conditional. Okay. I see what you mean. And as you were talking, the answer I was thinking about and what I was rationalizing it is that I think it depends on, I think sometimes what we impose at certain points in an interaction or relationship um, sometimes can be premature. And what I mean by that is all of these things that you're saying, if we're talking about post-marriage, you get how all of these things that you're talking about, clouding these things that are um, the, Sorry, I, I don't know how, exa- I can't remember how exactly you put it, but all of these things that are clouding your conditional, like the unconditional love, post, yep. post-marriage, it's like you've said your vows, you've said what you want to say, and so you've chosen, that's why I'm talking about a choice that comes in. You're talking about the starting point, obviously, right? Okay, so at the starting point, when there's no commitment of marriage or whatnot, how do you then trust your, this thing that we've called the unconditional love? And I think that, like is that is that a correct no i think it's I, I think it's correct but correct halfway because it, i think i say apply even when you're married yes because yeah. people because even after vows people fail to then trust that their love is is unconditional which is why which is why when when watch some real, real real couples therapy you see that some say that there's couples who have said we're on the brink of divorce right we thought it was never going to work but we did X, Y, Z. We tried hard. And I began to realize 
I mean, they say this in different ways, but they often say like, I, I began to realize the Why woman again, yeah. the person again, or yeah. who I was again, or, or the, I be, they, they always speak about them finding something again. Yeah. And I think this is what they refer to when they're speaking about it, where when they remove all the obscurities, even, even though they're still existing in real life, but they yeah. just go beyond them and work, make those choices you made, yeah. you're referring to. Yeah. They bring it back again. Yeah. They bring up the unconditional love again. And I yeah. think this, this can also happen in marriages too. Yeah. Perhaps even more common in marriages because that's the point where you're tested even more. Yeah. Fair. Fair. And maybe this is not the thing of, it depends on how you then view the journey of starting and, and starting relationships. But also, um, if you subscribe to the thing of, I feel like if you subscribe to this soulmate idea, you're almost looking for perfection early on right and the moment you spot imperfection you it introduces doubts versus when you realize that your unconditional love you feel for this one person you can also feel it for other people but the difference is who you've chosen to then stick with and work with right so but i feel like this whole generation and this whole vibe that we're in is almost a sense that and i i run afoul of this sometimes where you know, if something does, if I don't feel, if I'm not feeling it in a sense, I, I wouldn't necessarily show any commitment or try to make things better because some boxes are not checked for me, right? Am I thinking about me, like in those situations, am I thinking about if I genuinely feel something for this person? I, I think at some point you do, you have the luxury of not centering that, like you, you, Focus on the sense, on the sense things, on the sensual things, not sexual, sensual things. Um, but I think there are also cases where that unconditional thing slaps me in the face. But I, let me just wrap the point up here. For me, you can feel unconditional love for so many different people because, again, it's unconditional. You can't really say why it is. But it doesn't mean that every unconditional love you feel has to be converted into this happily ever after story, right? And so I think, mm. yeah, because you're not going to feel it for just one person. Jiget, mm. you don't agree, or there's a flaw. No, there. no, I, I don't know if I agree or disagree. I don't no, know why I feel. Yeah, no, no. But I think I don't know whether I think I agree that I agree that yes, maybe maybe the soulmate idea. No, let me let you finish. Finish. What yeah, you're say. yeah. But I'm just. I, I feel like like the the whole thing about. It almost feels like you have one shot to take and if you lose it, you lose by it. By the soulmate idea. Yeah, yes. by the soulmate idea, right? And I'm saying like, and because it then influences that unconditional love thing because you feel like the only, you feel like there's only maybe one or two people you would ever feel that unconditional love thing for. And so if you don't make it work or if you miss that opportunity, and that's kind of like it in that kind of way. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that's how I sit in my head because for me, when I meet someone... So, yeah. Maybe maybe what we're asking ourselves is and and I don't digress, but if it, if we are agreeing or thinking that soulmates exist in multiples, perhaps yeah. not too many, <laughs> but multiples. Yeah. Because if it's if it's too many, then you probably you won't you won't date many people anyway. Um but if it exists in multiples, does it exist at the condition level or at the unconditional level? And by, by that what I mean is does it exist because people perfectly check all the conditions that we've gotten from the earth or they are soulmates because they perfectly move us deeply and, and they give the yes to our hearts 
Omo, I don't know. How to I don't think it's both. I think yeah. it has to be either. But I don't, I don't know. I don't like how how would you how would you un- untwine it? <laughs> because like how would you feel the unconditional thing if you don't interact with the person and somehow encounter their attributes? Do you get? Because except if you're now saying because it's um it's not the attribute doesn't fit you. Like you only think about the attributes when it doesn't fit what you generally are looking for, and then once it's fitting what you're looking for, it's a non-issue, and you just focus on the unconditional bit. Do you get? Do you get the point that I'm making? Like how do you? Un- Perfect. Uh, yeah. How yeah. do you? How do you untwine that? So one thing that that, I, that John said as well from paper was that the very promise of exchanging um, unconditional love can, and and this, and this is what you're saying can 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 can, can sometimes stir up. Um, hopes that are unrealistic of finding the perfect love and perfect union, perfect person, perfect soulmate. Right? So you think that, oh, if I have the fact that I'm exchanging or I'm giving or I am feeling unconditional love, then I'm realizing the perfect union. Right? But, but what Boy then says is that because we are, we are earthly creatures and we have limitations and imperfections that's that entail the earth. Human relationships, no matter who they are, no matter where they are from, human relationships can never completely, perfectly, wholesomely manifest the unconditional love that we may know or feel in our hearts. Now what I'm saying for, for anybody who catch that is that a relationship cannot give you the unconditional love that you, that you know or feel in your heart because again, but going back to the point of the heart in its purest form is full of unconditional love that we have to trust. Now, the pain of, the, of, this, of this contradiction is that between perfect love in our hearts and the obstacles that we need to face in getting it in relationships can then break the heart open. Right? When things fail, right? But the twist then, it then, it then goes on to say is that, which I don't know if I agree or not, but it says, what's very interesting, it says the heart itself cannot break. Right? Because essentially, that the heart itself is soft and receptive. It is good. Right? It can't break. What can break is the wall around the heart. The obscurities. Or rather the experiences from the obscurities the defensive shield that we create to protect our soft spots. Mm. Now, perhaps this is probably my best part of um, this part of this um, part of the article. It then says, it seems that the only way to move through disappointment of relationships, it seems that the only way to move through relationship disappointments mm-hmm. without harming ourselves and others yeah. is to actually open up our heart even more at the moment, we would like to close it off. Yeah. Wait, or to who? Open it, open it generally or open it to um, someone in particular? We're opening up to the, not, not somebody, but to, but to the experience, to the of, pain. Okay. Of, yeah, yeah. Right. To the pain, to... The potential for... To being with the pain yeah. and, and letting be with the pain. Yeah. I agree with that. And in doing so, we are kind of manifesting gentleness and care towards ourselves. But 
I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not really unpack this properly. This particular part because it sounded very, very interesting. It sounded very, very nice to hear, and it sounded very, very something that I would like to believe in. Yeah. But I, but I think about it for a few more days to really understand this. Yeah. Because I, I, I need to know what it means when it says that I, that for me to move through disappointment of relationships without having myself and other people, I have to open up my heart even more. At the moment at which I like to close my heart the most. Yeah. So my initial vibe and why I agree with that is, is just the thing about, like when you, when you get hurt um, and then you decide to close yourself off, you're not necessarily protecting yourself. You're just stopping love from coming in or love from going out. And that's like trying to kill a part of you, which yeah. ultimately doesn't lead to anything positive. So it's like, the the risk of putting yourself out there and choosing to to love again like the risk of getting hurt again is less than the risk of shutting down you guys like the, that is so true because yeah. uh, i mean i don't want to <laughs> point point to any particular relationship but i definitely know this is something that i have seen in my relationship that i've had with somebody and I was picking up pieces, despite my own imperfections, I was picking up pieces, or I was picking up the crumbs of a wall that was just not going to break down mm. because of this, because I don't think they were able to open up their heart at moments where they, they, they weren't close to the most. Mm. And perhaps when they did, I was then the reverse. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, you're right with that because it's a very profound and difficult thing to do as well. Yeah. Um, it is. And, you know, that's why sometimes it then takes, <laughs> I think it's almost a full circle-ish moment because let's now think of what I'm trying to anticipate a scenario where there's somebody that has been hurt and then, you know, they don't want to open themselves up because they're risking being hurt. But then there's somebody around that feels that love towards them and is trying to get in but isn't able to get in it can be it can then become this weird thing that because they're not able to get in they then feel hurt and then don't want to open up again to the next person because of we, we talked about this about yep. the strangers again thing where yep, yep. you've been with x and you've been with y you this don't know is, what, this, <laughs> this, this is live this is this is yep you're, yeah. you're spot on exactly and, so and, 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 and i think this is the fundamental reasons why many relationships are find it difficult working because there's just so much because of that arithmetic change that we go through after Mm. each experience Mm -hmm. but we don't go back to default after each experience and the default is the goodness of our hearts Mm. and the openness Mm. of our hearts and the trusting and trusting the and it's not even just that i think the the most the most impressive thing i've I've learned about this thing chat is you have to trust in your own desire to be to be unconditional You know, like, there's one thing to have a good heart and, but you have to trust in that. Oh, ah. you, have, you, have, you have to trust in your unconditional your ability heart to say, to, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's actually <laughs> crazy because you have to do that they then trust the person as well. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why I then say, you know, when, when they tell us in, in church growing up and all this thing that you can't, you can't love someone else until you understand or try to interpret the love that God has for you because it makes you understand 
how to love other people. When people say it and they snap their fingers in church, I be like, Mm-mm, nobody really gets it. And some people are like, I'm sure when I leave this church four walls, or what they're saying doesn't really. But it's tap. hard to explain, though. I like... know it, that, that that's the problem, right? And so for me, the reason I feel like I've come to a place where. Honestly, I don't fully understand God's love for me the way some people do. Like, so everybody's on different journeys and all of that. But from the little I under- I've, I've understand and come to realize, it's helped me not put myself under pressure and just understand certain relationships and interactions a bit better when it comes to like unconditional love or things like that. Not, not to say that me having a small understanding of it now means I'm going to op- perfectly operate that principle as it is because we're still humans at the end of the day. They're active. There are situations where I'm like, this could be potentially more, but logically and certain boxes are not checked for me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to pro- progress. But I think what I'm learning to do is that in, when, I, when I'm choosing to not progress, I'm not shutting down the entire possibility of it. But then the tricky bit of that is when the society says the whole leading people on thing and all of that because there's a bit of communication and <laughs> the obscurity the obscurity yeah yeah it's like you know i can't pro- as the i as love when i find <laughs> concepts just define experiences for me and then i can then control the experiences even better starting tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but but it was just one of those things because you know at the end of the day like yeah even though i unconditionally i feel something for this person that the person touches my heart but there's certain other things and very practical things that might make that an impossibility what do you then choose to do in that moment do you choose to mm. shut down everything because of that or is there a is there a middle and for me i'm going to go back to the bible stories and i think there is kind of like a middle because um before before um you know jesus came and died for us and all of that there was the law right and so it's like yes you are not perfect but i would still find a way to maintain some kind of relationship that we have onto the point where it can be made perfect, right? And it's not going to be made perfect for everybody because not everybody's going to, that's just, that's just the thing, like just God wants to save everybody, but not everybody's going to be saved. So I know I'm kind of, the way I'm imposing this on my relationships and how I think I'm processing it is that, like, yes, like, you know, there's going to be that relationship and I'm opening myself up to a potential for something with various people. But in the moment, if it's not, if it doesn't satisfy certain conditions, I will not progress it to the next stage because of just the heart thing. But I'm also not just going to kill it because of yeah. that thing, right? This is definitely something that, that you've got to listen to, listen back to, and yeah, and reflect I understand. On it. Yeah, I guess what what I've learned anyway for myself is that by opening up, I'll probably end with this mm-hmm. brief monologue: is by opening up my heart to pain and to lack of control or to by trusting my it's going to sound cringe but by trusting <laughs> my unconditionedness my my goodness in my heart mm. um being gentle and caring to myself mm. Mm. and this this then means that in fact that i can give myself the, the, the unconditional love that i'm most hungry for because the painful truth is that nobody will probably ever give you all that you need or, or in the way that you... Nobody will give you all that you need. If they do that, they will probably not give you in the way that you want it. Mm. So maybe that's just the starting point to get the depth of my heart and touch it and make it open so that I manifest the care to myself. And maybe that would then help 
everyone, me, see through people's imperfections so that I can then touch their own hearts more easily because man is just so open. Because yeah. if man is just so open, I become so awake to the, I guess, the mystery of love. Yeah. That we can't help loving others in spite of all the things that we don't like about them. Yeah. And what I'll cap on top, on top of that is that just because that happens or just because you do that and you help the person open up their heart doesn't mean that both of you or those two people then become an item or become something because you choosing to stay open and then helping the other person be open might not be because it's because of, it might not be because of both of you it might just be because the next person the person is then going to meet because you've managed to yes. keep their own you've heart played your role you've played your role exactly you've played your role that's it and you have to be comfortable with that because if not you have, you to, you have to be comfortable with that exactly because be. if not it then becomes transactional because you're saying you then it then becomes transactional and then just defeats the whole purpose because then that is not love because you're saying freaking lutely you're saying you want to open the yep. person up because you want to be the person that they open up to but in reality yep. the end goal should just be that you've you've opened yourself up and that person opened themselves up and again whatever will be will be and you should be okay with that um yeah yep yeah, no, no, that's that's a very good point. Um, I mean, I have examples to give, but that's a very good point because mm-hmm. it's a way of looking at the world, perhaps, again, without conditions. Yeah. And if everybody did that, they would have people come into relationships with perhaps less of an angst and PTSD from what, what was back, what was back, what was, what they were carrying behind. Mm-hmm. Right. And... I guess if you think about it as well, what we actually love would not, would not just be people's hearts, but to be their hearts struggle as well. Because when, when somebody new comes to, in just what you just said, right? Yeah. For you to actually do that, you have to also love the person's struggle mm. and, and all the obstacles that are in the way of their expression. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, like, I think John also mentioned, like, said, if, if, if people that we love, if everybody's perfect, perfect picture of what you want in life or whatever in, on dating app or whatever you, whatever you find people, mm. if, if they had perfect person of perfect picture of what you want, it's possible that they also, also will not touch you so deeply. And that's because mm. the imperfection is part of what exactly, mm. exactly. Because mm. them being, them being imperfect gives our love, a purchase, a foothold, mm. something to work on. <laughs> oof! <laughs> Is there oof? Uh, uh. Let, me, let me wrap it up here. Okay. And say, and say that again. If everyone we love are the perfect embodiments of what we desire, it's possible that they won't touch us so deeply. Mm. Because their imperfection gives us Gives our love a purchase, a foothold, a stamp, something mm. to work on. Mm. Mm. Amen. And 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 in and in this way, then unconditional love becomes a deepening epiphany, a deepening, a deep, a deep realization. Mm. an ongoing practice an ongoing thing you do every day your your choices as you yeah. said yeah. beyond its initial appearance in the first flash of falling in love mm. 
Again, which, which then fits into my point of the journey. And also my point about time. And time. Yeah. Yeah. Sense making at finest. So my final point is just, I think, I'm sure next week when we watch a movie and reflect on this, mm. we'll, we'll arrive on better conclusions. But Yeah. The, the aim is the, the aim is to break open your hearts mm. to to bring the baseline of unconditionalness, unconditional love to the surface, mm. and keep reaching for that when there's obscurities. Think about your unconditional love as a pebble that you bring to the top of a a cup of stones, but every day fights, every day work stress everyday thinking of oh is this person for me brings in stones that, co- that, that that cover the pebble and then what this is just saying is the pebble is your base and it's your job to reach back into that cup bring out a pebble again each time to the top and that way you're breaking open your heart and that is the real force in the magic and alchemy of love that allows you, me, everyone listening and everyone in the world to see this unconditional goodness of not only yourself, but, but also of people. Mm-hmm. And through all the limitations of their conditioned self, because they're not perfect. Yeah. Okay, I guess that wraps it up. Um, yep, yep. It's boiling here. Um, guys, if, if you listen on Spotify, let us know what you think about the episode through Spotify's... Um, through our, through our engagement button down below. If you're listening on any other, any other stream, whether it's Apple, Google, whatever, even Spotify as well, you can use the Whimsical link down in the description. Let us know what you think about unconditional love. What do you think about the concept? Is there anything you've heard today that you don't agree with? Is there anything that you heard that, you, that has made you rethink how you think about these things? Mm. Is, there, is, there, is there something that you think that we haven't covered as a perspective that we are failing to see? Do we have some oversights, foresights? Are we being naive about things? Are we being silly, stupid? Let us know in the mm-hmm. comments. Um, we'd love to see that because this is definitely a very pertinent, I believe pertinent and important conversation because even though we hear about this word so many times, to break it down into this bit, which, which, which you've just done about the, at the surface level, is difficult. Mm. Very difficult. And we've seen how everything we talk about in life relationships often comes down to just love and it being conditioned and unconditioned so yeah let us know what you think we hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, have a great week and have a great <sighs> yeah have a great week people <laughs> yeah guys enjoy your week have fun great listening no to us me talk mm confused actually need to go eat something that's the problem oh yeah and if anybody wants the uh thing i read everything i read just let me know in the comments you can just leave the link in the description or you want to keep it special no people reach out dm us on instagram (laughs) (laughs) we want to make you work to talk to us yes yes dm us on instagram if you want (laughs) want the link to the material or you want to hear my velvety voice read it out now people- no, I think I can't put a link because it's uh, there's a fi- there's a gatekeeping firewall uh, okay. of the, uh, the payment thing. stuff, yeah. so you have to send you a PDF. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah, all right, fair point, fair point. 
could always just upload the pdf somewhere and then put the link on it, even though that would be copyright <laughs> stuff like uh but anyways oh yeah so you know it's quite interesting i forget how people listen to well i don't forget how people listen to the podcast but now a couple of people have started calling me mr velvet because of the <laughs> <laughs> like i'm scrolling through my like maybe the the twitter thing and then i just see velvet and i'm like oh yeah I, I said that and people listen and so now it's a thing um fun times did that to yourself bro i know i i, I walked into that like head first um anyways guys we're dragging this a bit but ciao ciao take care and goodbye everybody peace peace and now a personal note to you our listeners to you listening right now thank you for listening to this episode of the LOPO podcast now we know that in our culture of 30 second content and quick sound bites it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer form discussions so regardless of what brought you here we are grateful for your time do give us a five star rating and review if you like this episode also be sure to continue the conversation with your friends your family and your colleagues another way to support us is by subscribing to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now we release new episodes every monday but don't forget to follow us at the yellow peel pod on instagram and at yellow peel underscore pod on twitter to stay in touch with us during the week once again folks thank you for taking yellow peel with us today i'm your co-host wally as always and right next to me is toby and we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks till next time peace and love people peace and love